A wonderful career in Cincinnati came to a rough end for A. Eugenio Suarez, who made his way to Seattle as basically a throw-in in the Jesse Winker trade. But not only was Suarez a bigger part of the Mariners' drought ending 2022 season than Winker was, he was overall one of the most valuable third basemen in all of baseball. Good vibes only here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. On the show today, we'll be reviewing the 2022 season of Eugenio Suarez, which came as a surprise to a lot of Mariners fans, but Colby, I'm going to take this moment to pat myself on the back because I do have video evidence and audio evidence of me singing the praises of A. Eugenio Suarez before this season even began, right around the time that this trade was made and Suarez arrived in Seattle saying that, you know what, I think the Mariners have something here in A. Eugenio Suarez. Now, to be fair... I didn't think that he was going to slash 236, 332, 459 with a 131 WRC plus and end up being worth 4.1 F4, which was uh, one of the highest marks for all third basemen in Major League Baseball. He hit 31 home runs, 87 RBI. He did strike out 31.2% of the time, but also walked 11.6% of the time. Overall, great year for Suarez. Also, Turn things around defensively after returning to third base full time. As we all know, the Reds kind of experimented with him at shortstop in, uh, in 2021, and that kind of derailed things for him. He was also dealing with uh, a shoulder thing, all that, but came back healthy this year, had a mostly healthy season until the end of the year when he had the, uh, the finger injury that held him out for a little bit before he returned in time for the postseason. Uh, but... Let me start here. Um, there were a lot of home runs, a lot of walk-off home runs, a lot of good defensive plays, great defensive plays even, and also just you know the overall personality, the good vibes only, all that stuff. What was your favorite moment from Suarez's 2022 campaign? Yeah, um, probably the walk-off home run he hit against Toronto. Uh, I believe that was a Friday night. Uh, it, was on, it was a stupid Apple TV game. Uh, yeah, I think that one, just because it was kind of in the middle of their win streak, we didn't quite know how, how good the Mariners were yet. They had started to play a lot better, but they were still kind of, you know, middling around 500. Um, you know, Toronto came in, uh, you know, as a team that a lot of people thought, uh, second, third best team in the American league and Seattle beat them four times. And that one home run from <clears throat> Eugenio Suarez uh, I think kind of, you know, uh, can be looked at in a lot of ways as a catalyst for uh, how the rest of that month went. Um, it uh, it was it was sweet. Um, you know, the one against Kenley Jansen certainly up there. Uh, but to me, the the first one, uh, it was his first ever walk off home run, too, which is kind of weird for a player of Eugenio's status. So, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the, the moment that uh, stands out to me. And for me, I think Suarez kind of perfectly embodies what uh, a big piece of what Jerry DePoto and crew look at 
when they acquire players, when they bring players in from the outside. And that's how he fits in the clubhouse. He was the perfect fit for this clubhouse. It wasn't just the fans that, you know, he stole the hearts of very early on when he arrived. It was very clear that his teammates rallied around him right from the beginning and then all year long. And I think the arrival of Jesse Winker, who had played with him and they had been good friends, I think that also kind of helped uh, with things and helped those guys kind of both of them kind of comfortably uh, fit into the uh, into the clubhouse. But, you know, from, uh, you know, having the, the skunk hair, right, the, the one half blonde, the one half black and uh, Scott Service saying, you know, the whole team's going to do it if he hit fifth, uh, if he hits 50 bombs, all that stuff. Like, I, I, I just the way that he um, he kind of became one of those, maybe not necessarily a leader in the clubhouse, but a guy that everyone just genuinely likes to be around and likes to play for and loves when he has success. Um, that's a that's a great thing, right? That's a great thing for clubhouse chemistry. He was a big part of building this clubhouse into the uh, family that that it really became over the course of the year. Uh, for me, my favorite moment was also the walk off against the Blue Jays because, like you said, you know, in the middle of a uh, of that win streak, you're going into a really difficult series with the Blue Jays, who you're neck and neck with with the, for the wild card, um, and you sweep them, and that was a big, big moment in that sweep because that was a little bit of a comeback for them, if I if I remember correctly, right? Uh, I believe they were they were down at one point and they were able to come back and they were able to walk that game off. Perhaps I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong down in the comments below. But um, that was huge. And that set the tone for the rest of that series and for the rest of that win streak heading into the All-Star break, really. Because if you remember, Suarez was a huge part of that win streak overall. Uh, and uh, and that was certainly his biggest moment. But, you know, you got to talk about the, uh, the, the solo home run or the... Uh, the yeah the solo walk off home run off of Kenley Jansen as well after uh, Julio tied things up you know the Mariners blow that lead against the Braves we've talked about that game a lot over the last few episodes uh, but for Suarez to cap cap that one off that was the moment really where I was like okay the Mariners can do some damage in the postseason and it's because of guys like Julio Rodriguez and Eugenio Suarez and you know towards the end of the year the Mariners needed suarez to be that guy uh because you know it was really like all right they're gonna get offense from julio but who else who's mm-hmm. gonna be that second guy who's gonna be that third guy and suarez certainly stepped up he also had a great postseason uh he went seven for 20 uh with a home run uh in that uh in game two of the alds and so uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was a great season for him. Let's talk about him defensively, though, in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder: this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Mariners listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for fifty percent off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it: in an emergency. 
24-7 professional monitoring agents use FastProtect technology exclusively from SimpliSafe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. SimpliSafe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real. And even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than $1 per day. Less, that's less than half the price of ADT's traditional, professionally installed system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. So, Colby, Suarez, now you look at the, the defensive uh, metrics on fan graphs, they're not super favorable for him, but the eye tests will tell you that Suarez was a really, really good defender this year on the hot corner. Let's talk a little bit about his defense. What did you see from, from Suarez this year? He was certainly better uh, than advertised. Uh, I think we knew that the defensive metrics he put up at shortstop were solely because he was playing out of position. He's not a shortstop. We all knew that. Uh, so I, I didn't really think there was much to that. Um, but at third base, he was kind of average-ish. Um He's always okay, right? But he's playing third base because he can hit a lot of home runs. That's that's the idea, at least. Uh, and he came over to Seattle, and and you know, I don't think there was really anything about his game that was particularly surprising. We saw the power, we saw the strikeouts, we knew he could take some walks. Um, we knew offensively he had this type of season in him, uh, but we didn't know anything really about the glove. And it turns out the glove was just as you know big of a factor, maybe not as big, but a pretty big factor. Um, in his value and and you look at you know how are the Mariners going to replace Kyle Seeger they did it and they got better as a result they I mean Eugenio Suarez was a better defender this year than Kyle Seeger has been at really at any point in the last three years or so uh, the Mariners got better defensively with Eugenio Suarez manning the hot corner um, Seeger probably about average towards the end uh, Gino is probably just a little bit better than that so uh, you know, you got to give credit to him and you got to give credit to Perry Hill, but uh, it certainly was a nice little bonus for the Mariners. Yeah. You know, back when we were talking about this trade before the season began, you know, I was saying, I think you can at least be Kyle Seager, you know, 2021 Kyle Seager. I, I think you can at least get that kind of production out of Eugenio Suarez. And then, you know, he comes through and, and blows us out of the water with that. But yeah, defensively speaking, he was at least as good as Kyle Seager towards the end of Seager's career. Uh, but I agree with you. I think he was uh, at least a little bit better there. Um, and I, you know, I think he should have gotten uh, some uh, a gold glove nod as well uh, for his play over there. But, you know, you look at the, the numbers here, like negative 0.3 defensive war on fan graphs like that's come on. Come on with that. He was way better than that. Uh, and third base is usually a place that has, you know, because defensive metrics in general are not 
perfect by any stretch of the imagination but third base is usually one of those positions that's a little bit more accurately graded uh so that's surprising to see stuff like that but overall uh, again a, a great defensive year for suarez now do we think he can keep this up and specifically can he keep up the offense moving forward because you know the last two years were awful for him 2020 he um he slashed 202, 312, 470 with a 100 WRC plus in uh, 58, uh, 57 of the 60 games. Then 2021, he slashed 198, 286, 428 with an 84 WRC plus. You know, this year, of course, was back to his, uh, you know, earlier numbers. He was more in line with his earlier numbers. Uh, the average was a lot lower than maybe his career norms uh, during, you know, the 2016 to 2019 stretch. Uh, the strikeouts have continued to go up. This was a career high in strikeouts for him. Uh, he was, I believe, uh, was close to the league lead in strikeouts overall. Um, and uh, but, you know, and, and, and this has been a thing that has kind of crept up since 2020 as well or since 2019, rather, because he from 2015 to 2018, he was hovering around, you know, 23 and a half percent strikeout rate and was still walking around a, you know, a 10, 10 and a half uh, percent clip uh, walk rate. Um, but since 2019, he was so 2019, he was 28 and a half. 2020, he was 29. 2021 he was 29.8 and then this year 31.2 percent so in terms of sustaining the success that he's had does the strikeout rate concern you or is the fact that he is able to hit for so much power and is able to walk at an above average rate enough for you to think that he can continue uh, this uh, moving forward i feel uh, pretty comfortable expecting him to repeat what he did last year uh, going forward. Uh, he's going to strike out. That's just going to be part of his game. Uh, but he's going to draw walks. The power is very real. Um, and, you know, as long as he can continue to play pretty good defense, uh, there's really no reason for him, you know, not to hit somewhere in the middle or, or back middle of this lineup going forward. Uh, I think ideally you'd like him to hit, you know, sixth for you instead of third or fourth. But uh, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why he can't repeat what he did this last year. Um, you know, he's always going to be a bit of a streaky hitter. He's going to strike out, uh, but he'll be able to carry you for weeks on end. So uh, I feel pretty comfortable, you know, putting Gino in the lineup pretty much every day next year as my third baseman, DH, first base, whatever. Yeah, and so you know there might be an opportunity. We'll we'll see how they construct the roster over the next few months, but there may be an opportunity for Suarez to kind of move around a little bit and maybe DH some, maybe uh, play a little first base like you're talking about. Uh, we'll see what they you know want to end up doing and and how things all kind of come together. But um, you know Suarez is uh, creeping up there in age now. He's he's 31 years old. He'll turn 32 next July. Uh, so maybe if you can take some of the uh, the innings off of him at third base and give him some more DH days, that would uh, that would help out a bit. He played 150 games and really only missed uh, action because of that finger injury. Uh, so he missed 12 games despite having basically a broken uh, finger uh, for the for the end of the season. That's you know that's another thing too, right? Like we talk about the personality and everything. Eugenio Suarez is a tough, you know what, right? Like. Being able to go through that 
and play and be able to play third base, by the way, because that was a really surprising thing. You know, I remember uh, when he was coming back, you know, and they were working Ty France over at third and all that. You know, we were talking about, oh, Suarez is probably not going to play third base again this year. And lo and behold, there he is playing third base like his second game back. And so that's uh, that's pretty remarkable. And that's something that, you know, th- that clubhouse is going that's going to win that clubhouse over forever. Right. So, um, you know, that, that that just that's a testament to just kind of who Suarez is as a baseball player, as a person. Uh, and so, you know, uh, but overall kind of just going back to what I was saying uh, about kind of limiting some of the innings and stuff, I I think it'll be good for him to maybe, you know, get some more time off over the course of a season uh, and uh, at least defensively and just let him DH a little bit there to kind of take the brunt of the workload off of his shoulders because, you know, it's a long year and, you know, it's even if he is, uh, you know, basically an Iron Man, right? Like guys still need, uh, you know, a blow here and there. Um, But yeah, so... Overall, you know, you got to feel incredible about what Suarez was able to do this year. And even if he does regress some, I think, you know, you'll, you'll take that player. Even if he's like a, a 115, 120 WRC plus guy, like that's still a really good player to have. And if he can at least be averaged defensively on top of that and give you 25 to 35 home runs, you take that any day of the week. That's one of the best third basemen on all baseball consistently and I think there's enough here to suggest that he is going to be able to sustain this because also you look back at the last couple years he was dealing with a gnarly COVID ballot in 2020 then the next year you know he had shoulder surgery after uh, having a freak accident in a pool like there were outside factors and on top of that you know he got moved to shortstop which is ridiculous you don't see guys get moved from third base to shortstop you see guys get moved from shortstop to third base (laughs) you know so there were a lot of outside factors that i think were contributing to him uh struggle uh, to his struggles over the last couple years and i think this being more in line with where he was pre-covid pre-injury uh suggests that that this is probably more so who Eugenio Suarez is rather than what we saw in 2020 and 2021. Uh, now, before we hop off of here, I want to cover um, a couple small items. Um, one, uh, the Mariners uh, DFA Drew Ellis at some point. They didn't actually announce it, I don't think, but they announced today, Mariners PR announced today that he uh, – he cleared waivers and was outrighted to Tacoma. So he is now off the 40-man roster. The Mariners' 40-man roster is now at 41 players. So they do have to clear one more spot in order for both Tom Murphy and Casey Sadler to be uh, uh, to, to come off of the 60-day IL. Now, that doesn't really matter because in a matter of days, whenever the World Series ends, Adam Frazier, Kirk Casale, Matthew Boyd, Mitch Hanniger, uh, and Car- uh, Carlos Santana are all going to be uh, coming off of the uh, 40-man because they're free agents so that's not a huge deal but colby i mean they're they're really um there's a bunch of options for them to clear 40-man roster spots still brendan bernardino Juan Ten, justice sheffield there's no mm-hmm. roster crunch here right no not yet um you know brian o'keefe uh, is another one um yep. they're probably guys you don't want to move on from uh evan white uh, Taylor Trammell, uh, Justice Sheffield, but you can. Uh, those are just names right now at this point. So, um, and there's plenty more. The the Mariners aren't going to have any kind of issue, um, you know, basically maneuvering their roster any way they want. They're going to have to add 
I think probably at least two or three guys to protect them from the rule five. I'd be pretty shocked if they didn't add Cade Marlowe. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a couple of relief arm, reliever arms that are really interesting, like Isaiah Campbell. Justin Travis Fernandez. Smith, so, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we'll see. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they're not, they're not going to be in any kind of a crunch um, whatsoever. Uh, those decisions are going to come here pretty soon, though. I think you have to have your uh, – you have to have your – 40 man set for the off season. I.e., you mm-hmm. have to protect your guys from the rule five draft by November 20th. So here in, you know, a little more than two weeks, uh, we'll know who's going to start the year on the 40 man. Uh, so yeah, there, there's, there's no roster crunch. Um, like you said, we could, I, I bet we could probably get 20, 20 names deep before we're like, no, he's absolutely has to be on the roster. Like you're not, DFA in that player. It's it's probably no joke. Twelve to eighteen guys who you could conceivably DFA and be like, yeah, okay, yeah. And so, so you know, and and that's not to even mention guys like <laughs> Ryan Barucki, Luke mm-hmm. Weaver, who was just added, um, yeah. Alberto Rodriguez, who's still a ways away from the majors, um, Diego Castillo, even someone like Diego Castillo, even someone like Ryan Barucki. You know, the the list goes on and on and on. Kyle Lewis, Evan White, et cetera. Like, you know, if you want to get deeper into your bag, but like the Mariners are are not going to add a ton of players, I think, to the 40-man roster over the course of the offseason. I think what ultimately happens here is that when the Mariners do add, it's going to, you know, it's going to turn some heads, right? They're going to add impact, right? That's how they're going to do the bulk of their offseason. And, you know, they're going to still do, like, the minor league ads. And, you know, if there's someone that hits waivers that's interesting, like, they'll they'll kick the tires on that. But ultimately, I don't think we're going to see a lot of players added to the 40-man roster. Uh, we're just going to see a lot of impact added to the 40-man roster. And, therefore... Uh, there aren't going to need to be uh, too many moves made uh, to clear space. Um, but again, you know, five spots are going to open up uh, when the the Mariners free agents officially become free agents, and uh, and yep. they still have some what I would consider to be obvious names that they can also DFA in order to create more space, and they will do that over the course of uh, of the winter. Uh, I don't think that they need to do the Rule Five stuff until December. Uh, so they might hold off on that um, because the, the winter meetings aren't until, what, December 4th, December 5th, uh, and that's when the Rule 5 happens. Uh, so I think maybe they can hold off on that until the start of December. We'll see, though. Um, they might just jump the gun on that and just do it now if they know who they want to add, and that way they can just kind of put things into a clear picture. Uh, speaking of the winter meetings, we are um, doing a giveaway if you missed it, uh, that is running until the end of the winter meetings. So the day after the winter meetings ends uh, is December 8th, and that's when our giveaway ends. Uh, Just to refresh everyone on what we're giving away, we have already hit our mark uh, to give away a Taylor Dollard autograph card, so we're going to be giving that away next month. Uh, That was uh, 4,000 YouTube subscribers, which we've moved on past. We're closely uh, closely approaching the... um, uh, 4,200 sub mark. Uh, our next goal is 4,500 YouTube subscribers. At that point, we will be giving away a Taylor Trammell autograph card. Uh, and with uh, 4,500 YouTube subscribers and 3,000 Twitter followers, we still have a ways to go on the uh, Twitter followers. So 
if you have a Twitter or if you want to make a Twitter and follow us on there. Um, check us out at locked on or sorry at lo underscore mariners. Give us a follow, and uh, if we reach forty five hundred YouTube subs and three thousand Twitter followers, we'll give away a Jerry Kelnick autograph card. Uh, we're also giving away a Cal Raleigh, yes, big dumper autograph card at five thousand YouTube subscribers. And then our last couple of prizes, they're a little pie in the sky, uh, but I think we might be able to get to uh, one of them if, uh, if you guys help us out. Uh, if we uh, become the most sub, uh, subscribed to Locked On Mariner, or Locked On MLB podcast on the uh, Locked On MLB network, uh, we're second right now, by the way, trailing uh, Locked On Astros. So if you also want to beat the Astros in something, you know, help us out. I'm just saying. Uh, if we do that, if we surpass them by the end of the winter meetings, uh, we will give away a very nice autographed Mike Cameron card, which is what? It's like something out of 75 total cards that were made. So all of these are Colby's cards, by the way. So if you also just want to win Colby's stuff, you know, if you just want to do it from that aspect, do it. Lastly, uh, we're giving away a Logan Gilbert autographed uh, and graded 9.5 from Beckett uh, card at uh, 10,000 YouTube subscribers. I don't think we're going to get there, but and we're not we're not advocating for bots. But if you want to tell your friends, if you want to tell your family, if you want to tell your enemies, literally just go out in the street and yell, hey, people of planet Earth, subscribe to Locked On Mariners. We won't. We certainly welcome mm-hmm. that. Maybe don't Whatever. harass it's just, on the streets, though. It's just nice to know that um, I'm going to get to keep all these cards except for the Taylor Dollar because the listeners of Locked On have gotten lazy. So, mm. fine by me. I will happily keep my Cal Raleigh card and my Logan Gilbert and my Mike Cameron and my Jared Kelnick, and I will laugh along the way. He's, he's, he's using the same strategy that he used to get you guys to submit videos for uh, what the did drought, work. what ending the drought would mean to you, and it did. It did. It did. So, hopefully, similar success comes our way. And with that, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Uh, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace